Welcome into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief over at ArrowheadPride.com. and joined by my co-host, the lead film and draft analyst, Kent Swanson, Kramer Sandstone, uh, the Crame Dog, helping us uh, behind the glass as we enter, or I guess we're in the middle of, I should say, a Sunday night football week. Chiefs Packers, Arrowhead Stadium, 720 at Arrowhead on Sunday night. Arrowhead Pride tailgate begins at 5.20 p.m., but right now it's time for Arrowhead Pride Radio. Get involved in the text line 69306 or on Twitter at 610 Sports KC at Arrowhead Pride. We'll do a live mailbag a little bit later in the show, so send your questions into us. But, Ken, not, not too much news today. There right? you know, wasn't, wasn't a lot going on. Really not much has happened since last time we were on Arrowhead Pride Radio, I think. So, I mean... What are we going to talk about? Patrick Mahomes practice today. Let that (laughs) sink into your mind. This is a person who had a dislocated kneecap six days ago. And there he is. If you want to see it, we have the video up twitter.com slash arrowhead pride or go to arrowheadpride.com. We link it up to the YouTube. It's my cell phone video. Uh, Not great video, but (laughs) it's good enough for you to be able to see uh, that Mahomes was bobbing and weaving bringing his knee to his chest, jogging around. Uh, just seems uh, like an absurd thing to have happen considering the injury. I think it's insane. I can't believe it's happening. I don't know. I, part, part of me is still wondering why it's happening. Like I, I, But more power to Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, there's not a ton of issues right there with the knee. They feel comfortable enough to let him do it six days after dislocating his kneecap. I I don't I don't understand it, but I think in a sense I'm impressed and in another sense I feel like okay, but if he's not going to ultimately play, why don't you just have him sit on the couch for 2 weeks or a week or whatever it's going to be? I that that's kind of my whole thought too. Like I I we, he's obviously not playing this week. Why are they like? Is it a little bit of gamesmanship with him? With him and Andy, like, is Andy Reid trying to you know, maybe what make him make him think that he might play a little bit? Not ruling it out completely. I don't understand what what they're doing here. I don't know if I like the fact that they're even allowing Mahomes out there though. Speaking of Andy Reid, the quote of the day came from the Chiefs head coach regarding Patrick Mahomes when he suffered the injury. After it happened, he thought he could go back in. So, I mean, that's how he's wired. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's, uh, he's, he's wired a little different that way. We're freaking out that he was going to, <laughs> that he practiced today, six days later. Right. Now we find out on Thursday night football, he wanted to go back in. They, they were able to reattach him and then he wanted to go reenter the game. <laughs> it's, I, I don't put anything past this guy. He's a very obvious, he's a very fierce competitor. Uh, he's a little bit crazy, I think. I think this is the first thing. We're learning a little bit about Patrick Mahomes, and it's that he might be a little crazy. Here was the official update. Patrick will go do a few things, and we'll just see how he does. We evaluate him every day that, that he's out there. Um, in the meantime, uh, Matt will take the reps uh, with Patrick, and so we'll just uh, at the quarterback spots. Again, I'm happy. I'm stunned. I'm impressed. All of the positive adjectives. I also am like borderline <laughs> concerned. This almost seems like a player that you have to save from himself. 
one hundred percent. I think that I think that's ultimately what it is. And like I think there's a lot of factors behind the scenes you gotta kinda take into consideration. You know, if a player is that fierce enough that he wants to go out there and play and he's a guy that you're gonna pay forty million dollars a year next year, you're trying to manage that relationship, you're trying to manage him well. But it, it, I think it's got to be a little bit difficult to to save him from himself in some of these situations. I want him to be here long term. I want him to be good to go for the Super Bowl. Right, Pat. Just just give yourself <laughs> a, his 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 ankle sprain may not be healed yet. I even I I appreciate the enthusiasm, but I I I, I wonder why Andy Reid just doesn't say. Matt's starting this week chill. I mean, he just le- has left it very open. They have not even ruled him out for Sunday night. Patrick Mahomes somehow plays, and you talk about, oh, man, like the history and, and RG3 and so on, and if we're to re-injure it, this would be an egregious and egregious Bosch job by Kansas City. I was talking to someone today uh, just talking about this whole thing, and I was like, I, I, what came up was like, Someone should get fired if Patrick Mahomes goes out and plays like this week or next week and something bad happens to that knee. Like someone should be fired for that. Agreed. And I, I that's why I don't think he ultimately plays, which again gets me back to why is he even on the field to begin with. Uh, I understand the fan reaction. There was a lot of fan reaction today wondering the same thing. Just a little bit curious as to to what he was doing on the practice field. Here's what I saw at practice. Again, as to remind you, the media during the season is allowed onto the practice field for about 20 minutes or so during warm-ups. So we got to see Mahomes jog around. You're only allowed to shoot that portion of it. And then he was throwing the football, and it, and it went Matt Moore. It went Kyle Shermer, then Chad Henney, who practiced for the first time today since his ankle surgery. Now he has three weeks to re-enter the lineup. And then Mahomes fourth. So Mahomes was throwing, and he was moving rather gingerly. Again, it's just such a bittersweet sight where, you, where you're imp- like impressed to see it, but wondering why. Wondering yeah. why. I think I'm even beyond just the, the impressed part of it. Like I don't even know if I'm totally impressed by it. Like, I, I can't get over the fact that you know this, is a, this isn't just a, 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 a Super Bowl chase this year. This is for the rest of his career. Look at Carson Wentz. And how they've had to protect Carson Wentz from himself. How they've tried to have to alter how he plays the game of football. Mahomes could alter the way he has to play the game of football if he's not careful with this knee. And it's not just a one-year deal thing here. It's This is the rest of his career. And you got to be really mindful of that. And I hope Mahomes is mindful of that too. I was hoping that he would get some of the rest for his ankle too. Just completely right. rest that and get that healed. And he doesn't even this have seems his high counterpro- <laughs> This seems counterproductive to that. Mahomes officially a limited participant today. So was Eric Fisher, practiced for the first time in a while. Week two is when he injured his groin and had to have surgery. He was a limited participant. Six Chiefs didn't practice today. Frank Clark had a weird neck thing that we heard nothing about previously. Chris Jones, groin injury, he thought was thought to return today, maybe do a few things, but he did not practice. Tano Passigno and Darren Lee each were ill, so... You hope that by the end of the week they heal up and are able to go. Kendall Fuller still out with that thumb injury, and then Andrew Wiley out with an ankle. The one that really stands out to you on this injury report is the surprise of Frank Clark. Frank Clark needs to play this weekend. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, I don't know either. And you know, you saw like a neck injury has nothing to do with maybe like the elbow brace he's wearing, or you know, what I'm saying like I feel like you know this is something to certainly monitor. Um, 
he's 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 the entire pass rush for this football team right now. Uh, especially if Chris Jones is an ab- ab- is absent, that'd be massive losses for this football team. I ultimately don't think. And again, we're at the beginning of the football week here. I think Frank Frank Clark ultimately plays. I think that Chris Jones probably sits again. Passigno and Lee, I would think, over the course of a week, they get healthy enough to go. Fuller is a question for me because he missed last last year. He missed one game with the thumb. So if we're going by that, he would play this Sunday night. I'd imagine Andrew Wiley, if he's starting to to if he's not practicing to the begin the week, he may be held out another game. Mahomes, you hope doesn't go. <laughs> I think there's a one percent chance he plays. I really don't think this is the week. And Eric Fisher, I think, is a question mark as well. Yeah, uh, and I think they should be kind of smart about what they do with some of these injuries right now too. Like with with regard to you know like an Eric Fisher, right? I would show some caution there with him. Uh, let's get everyone right at the same time. Let's try not to push things too hard here. Uh, everything that they want to do is still definitely in front of them. Agreed. You don't want to re-injure again. Sammy Ugh. Watkins, too. Uh, he was out there as a full participant, so that's some good news. for. Wat- I-, I think Watkins ultimately returns this weekend. Watkins would be a huge impact in this team's ability to win this football game. Not because, you know, he's, I mean, he's, he's a good football player, but having the likes of Watkins, Hill, and Kelsey all available, that they can do stuff after the catch, they can make sure. big plays. Just having that diversity. And I think this would be the first time since the first quarter of the season all three of them would be together. Yeah, and and, and that's a good point. And, and to me as well, it could be a more simplified game plan where you got to rely on your playmakers, get it in their hands quickly, and then you don't really have to worry about Matt Moore getting rattled. Right, and uh, simplify things for him. If you can just find opportunities to put the, hand, put the ball in the hands of these exceptional talents these guys that can do stuff after the catch. I mean, Sammy Watkins took a slant to the house first week. looked exceptional. Tyreek Hill can do the same. Travis Kelsey, you know, a big third and three, third and four. He's a guy I want to target. You know, those those guys, just giving those guys opportunities. Matt Moore is good enough to do that. I agree. Uh, wrapping up the, the news for today, I think if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, what are you doing this year? You're constantly comparing yourself to the New England Patriots because that's going to be the roadblock for you getting to the Super Bowl. Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon is placed on injured reserve. So now that trade from Ahmed Sanu makes a little bit more sense. But here's the interesting thing from Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer. The source says Patriots wide receiver Josh Gordon expects to be medically cleared soon and then his knee injury is minor. And then Breer was told he was ran... 22 miles an hour on a treadmill today during a rehab session. Once he clears, he hopes to be released from IR and sign with a new team. Mm, new I team, you say? I don't think. I'm not going to. I know what everybody's thinking out there. <laughs> of no, course. To me, the answer is no. <laughs> but I wonder where he goes. If he goes to another AFC contender that could use a wide receiver or another weapon like a Houston Texans or an Indianapolis Colts, does that make them a better team? I mean, it definitely does uh, if he's able to play. Now, the the Patriots don't make a lot of mistakes, though. They don't uh, they don't typically move on from a guy and and, and be incorrect about it. So, uh, if he's available and if he's healthy, yeah, he's he's a dynamic player. He's a guy that definitely could present some problems. I the Colts the Colts would be a, that that's a sneaky decent idea there. Bill Belichick still working the rules, puts this guy in injured reserve when he's clearly able to come back soon. It seems like if he's running twenty two miles an hour on the treadmill, so working the rule book a little bit, going to be an injury settlement. I'm curious where he ends up. I'd imagine it'll be with a team that has a chance at making the playoffs. 
Before we go to break, where do you stand right now on Chiefs-Packers? Because I just don't feel like as much as the Chiefs may have a few things going for them where Mahomes is back on the field and so is Sammy Watkins, it's hard for me to pick Matt Moore over Aaron Rodgers at this point. Yeah, right now I'm not picking Matt Moore to beat Aaron Rodgers. I just I don't see it. I don't think it's something that's that's really you know, a, a, a high probability. Now, all that being said, I think there's things that they can do. And I think they, there is things that they have to their advantage that could help them make this game competitive and give themselves a chance to win. No doubt about it. Matt Moore, if, if he's, if he, you know, doesn't have to do too much, if the defense continues to play at a high level, if, if guys like Travis Kelsey, Tyree kill, Sammy Watkins can make a couple big plays here and there. I mean, you know, it's not impossible. Yeah, and I think that the spread reflects it. You, you think the Packers are going to win, and they're only slight favorites in this game. Get involved in the Protein House. See with the Purpose Text Line 69306, or mention us on Twitter at Arrowhead Bride. Coming up next, Craig Stout examined the last two games of Chiefs defensive film. One was bad. One was a little bit better. We'll find out what he learned. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Kent Swanson as we get ready for Sunday Night Football. You just heard about the Arrowhead Pride tailgate. That starts at 5.20 p.m. on Sunday night, taking you right up until Chiefs Packers. Matt Moore, we expect, (laughs) versus Aaron Rodgers. But in this game, we are not going to be relying on quarterback play. We're going to be relying on defensive play. And we hope that the defense looks a lot more like they did against the Denver Broncos than the Houston Texans. Craig Stout, welcome onto Arrowhead Pride Radio. You got to watch these two games up close and personal, grade the film. What did you learn from this chunk of, of Chiefs play on the defensive side? I learned that they need to burn the Houston film and never watch that again. (laughs) There's very little to take from it. And then the Denver Broncos, getting Anthony Hitchens back, playing with that kind of intensity, showing what they can do, rotating Tyron Matthew in the box. I've said it several times throughout the course of this season already, that getting another cornerback would allow him to play in the box, kind of help shore up the run defense. We saw that. And the addition of Reggie Ragland playing the same linebacker role, that just kind of helps stouten everything up. Everybody played together and was gap sound throughout the entire front. It was just really nice to see. I think that we'll probably get a little closer to that than we will what we saw against Houston this Sunday prior to that game. I want to ask you about Anthony Hitchens, but first I, I need to ask about the guy that everyone always has their eyes on. We're talking about Frank Clark. Did you see some true progress? Can he build upon that in this week if he plays? I mean, he didn't practice today, but if he plays, can he build upon his effort last game? Yeah, I I really do think that he can. We saw the Denver Broncos try and leave him one-on-one for a lot of the day, and we saw a very, very big game out of Frank Clark. Out of Alex Okafor as well. They left him one-on-one as well. They did a really good job of scheming up pressures for those two, particularly to get one-on-one matchups. Three-man rushes where you've got a one-on-one matchup on the outside is fantastic. But Frank Clark was able to use power, was able to use speed, and his high, high motor that they've been talking about so much 
he really did wreck the game a little bit. And then we kind of got to see the brace that he was wearing on his left arm after the game. We've kind of seen that hanging out under his sleeve. And then this week now he's got a neck injury. You hope that those sorts of things aren't affecting his play and that we get the player that we saw last Thursday. Right. And that would be the worst because you've been waiting for that version of Frank Clark all year. And now after Mm -hmm. he finally has a good game, you wonder if he even goes on Sunday Night Football. Mysterious neck injury. I guess we'll get more information potentially on that tomorrow. I want to go back to Anthony Hitchens. Like I mentioned, he's really a key for this defense. Just how much better did you notice the Chiefs defense was with him as opposed to his replacement over Ben Neiman for a couple games? It's just, it's simply everybody playing together, everybody understanding which gap that they're supposed to be in, everybody being on the same page. We saw against Indianapolis and against Houston after Anthony Hitchens went out, there's a lot of mix-ups. A lot of guys ending up in the same gap, leaving big, wide-open run lanes for people to run through. Even their pass rush lanes were a little poor trying to get to the quarterback there. They just weren't. They were running all over each other and stepping on each other's toes. Anthony Hitchens comes in, and all of a sudden, everybody's doing their job a little bit better, and everybody's owning their gap a little bit better. Now, they definitely took advantage of a poor Denver offense there, but they're a good rushing offense. And the Chiefs were able to control the line, control the gaps, keep these guys within the tackle box, and then make plays. He he just was kind of the glue that held everything together. And then he made some splash plays as well. I, I want that version of Anthony Hitchens out there on the field because that version of Anthony Hitchens is the version that we were promised by Brett Beach and Andy Reid when they brought him in. Craig, uh, the run defense is fixed. There will never be another rushing yard allowed for the entirety of the season. Um <laughs> I do have a question for you because you watched the All-22. The coverage wasn't really challenged against the Broncos uh, all that much because Joe Flacco is not particularly good throwing the football. Um, Do you think that you're seeing progress there, and how do you think that they'll hold up against the Packers? I'm frankly a little bit worried about how they're going to hold up against the Packers. On the outside there, I think Mo Claiborne's been pretty good, and I like the intensity that he's brought to the game. You've seen him make a couple big tackles. He's not afraid to get in there and make a play on the outside. The Chiefs have kind of all year long given up the underneath stuff as much as they can and tried to keep a lid on top of these cornerbacks. That's why they played so much split safety throughout the year. So, That's one of those situations where if you're going to allow everything underneath, you have to have players that can rally to the ball quickly, get quick stops. Mo Claiborne looked good doing that. Rashad Fenton did a little bit too. But these guys, like you said, weren't really challenged down the field. Uh, The Chiefs sent eight on one play. There were four receivers out there. I don't know (laughs) if you guys can do quick math, but that's three coverage defenders versus four receivers. There's wide open receivers. That's a Madden call, Craig. That's that's on Madden. yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough situation there. The Chiefs cornerbacks, I think, are a little bit better than we thought that they were, but they're still not particularly good. And then the linebackers in coverage, woof, you put Reggie Ragland out there, they get a lot slower on the field. That's going to be a situation where some teams are going to take advantage of it. Green Bay really likes to throw the ball to the running backs. It could be this week. Craig, final question here. The Chiefs should get Sammy Watkins back this week. You finally have him with Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, but it's Matt Moore throwing the football. This is finally a game where the Chiefs defense is going to need to step up. How excited are you for this type of game, and can they actually rise to the occasion? 
this is the reason you brought in Tyron Matthew. This is the reason you brought in Frank Clark, Anthony Hitchens. You want these guys right here. These are the leaders. These are the loudest voices in the locker room. These are the ones that you brought in to make this defense not be soft anymore and to be able to step up and rise to the occasion. They were able to do that against Denver. They did not miss a beat with Patrick Mahomes going down. They owned up to it. They decided we're going to step up and we're going to shut this game down, and they did. You've got to see that out of these guys this week. I want to see that intensity. I want to see that aggression out of these guys. You know, Green Bay is a very talented team. Aaron Rodgers is a very talented quarterback. He's going to get his. But you play with that kind of aggression and intensity throughout the course of the year, good things are just going to happen. I need to see that again. I think they relish the opportunity to step up and try and make something out of this without Mahomes on the sidelines. That is the voice of our defensive film analyst, Craig Stout at ArrowheadPride.com. You can catch his latest, reviewing the Chiefs' defensive efforts against the Texans and Broncos, which is his defensive trends and tabulations for Week 6 and 7, right now at ArrowheadPride.com. Craig, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Sir Craig, Craig's words, you could see he's cautiously, cautiously optimistic, which I think is right where you need to be if, with this Chiefs defense. Yeah, I think that's fair. And you saw them make such big strides uh, against the run, running uh, running game this week. But I, I think one thing you've got to just kind of be mindful of, and Craig kind of alluded to it, is, you know, the, there's there's two levels of this thing. The, the run defense, yeah, great. But teams are going to start challenging them down the field. They're going to start challenging them in the passing game a little bit more. And that's going to be uh, that, that could really ultimately be what this what 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 makes this team wind up losing uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, and this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about, and, right? And and I hate I hate to get on players for injury because you never really know what is happening. But here, Frank Clark today pops up with a neck injury. This is the game the Chiefs paid and traded for Frank Clark for. Right. This is the game. The game where you don't, you can't rely on your MVP. You can't rely on that fantastic offense. You don't really know what you're getting on that side of the football. You thought you knew what you were getting when you traded so much draft capital and signed Frank Clark to this deal. I don't know exactly what's going on, and and maybe I'm wrong for questioning and whatnot. But whatever his neck thing is, you gotta play in this game if you're Frank Clark. If if he doesn't play, if they don't have Frank Clark this week, it's it's gonna get ugly. He's a guy that has shown an ability to affect the passer, uh, probably the best at affecting the passer on their team right now, and he's their best in the run game right now as well. So that could just present problems on, on in both facets of defense. Can't be the Okafor Ogba show. I just don't oh. think I don't think it's going to be possible Tano, for you to win the football Tano, game. I don't think Tano played today either. Yeah, because of the illness, the illness, the practice. Yeah, Pete Reg, Reggie Ragland's going to be out there on the edge. Big Reg. Coming off a big game with that one game sample size, one of the better defensive players in the league. Six nine three zero six. That's the protein house. See with the purpose text line. Get uh, get at us at Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. We'll do a live mailbag coming up in a few segments. But coming up next, Matt Moore spoke to the media today and some interesting things from him, as well as McCole Hardman in the locker room. That's all next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney here with Kent Swanson, Kramerson, Sansone behind the glass as we get ready for Sunday Night Football. 
coming up on Sunday, 5.20 p.m. That's the Arrowhead Pride tailgate. And then late night with Jay and Pete, the Arrowhead Pride postgame <laughs> show coming up. Late night. After the game. Into the morning. We're thinking, we're thinking, it should be Aaron Rodgers versus Matt Moore, who is the backup quarterback right now. Another sign of that potentially uh, being the matchup was the fact that they brought Matt Moore to the podium today, they being Chiefs PR. I don't know if Matt Moore would have been at the podium had he not gotten the nod. Uh, but he was asked right away. You know, we're trying to figure this thing out. No one wants to tell the media who's going to be starting in this football game. Matt, are you going to be the starter? Have they told you that? I have not. I have not. We're uh, we're moving forward um, just as who's ever getting the reps is going to go and, and – move forward that way so it's kind of a kind of a tricky deal right now what the hell man i think the chiefs are playing four quarterbacks this week All what is four. going on <laughs> what is that i don't know what it's is like that new mean? orleans with with teddy bridgewater and Taysom hill when they had to make the change when they're not really wanting to give any indication and and here again i think 99 percent. i'm sure that matt moore is going to go but yeah Matt Patrick higher. Mahomes with, with 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 the limited participation prancing around the field one good thing that happened for matt moore in this last game, and this is something that I noted, is that he was able to connect with Tyreek Hill. And that's got to give you confidence, right? Because what is everyone going to point to? The deep ball first. Can you connect on the deep ball with someone who's this fast with a weapon of this magnitude? They connected for a 57-yard touchdown. Matt Moore talked about uh, that ball and some other balls toward the end of that game. Yeah, there was a couple uh, nice rhythm throws, I think, before that that kind of got it going a little bit. Um, you know, I've said it a bunch. I started a little slower than I wanted to. Um, that was pretty evident. Um, so, But obviously, you know, you hit the big one, and, yeah, it kind of gets things going. It was good. Yeah, outside of that uh, 57-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill, Matt Moore was 9 of 18 for 60 yards. Come on. 50% this completion. This is not the kind of mojo we're trying to build as we go 3. into 3.3 yards per attempt. Okay. That's uh All right. I mean, got to be better. You're making people feel worse about it. No, oh dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's how fine. that's how you that's how you would feel about it. Everything's fine. What's been interesting about Matt Moore is he was out of football in 2018. He's at the scouting combine scouting for the Miami Dolphins, when the Chiefs called him, he was on a practice field in Florida coaching high school football. So what, what made him come back? I think any day in this league is an opportunity. Um, you earn everything you get in this league, good or bad. Um, so you constantly, you're playing for, for something. You're playing. So, yes, to answer your question, that, that could definitely happen. Everybody wants Patrick Mahomes to play in this game, right? If you're in Kansas City, you want Mahomes to, to suit up. If he's up. But there is, right, yes, that's assumed, I hope. Asterisk, asterisk, yes. Right now, assumed. these days, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm scared. Granted, I think three weeks off would do wonders if the Chiefs can maybe go two and one, even one and two, and get Mahomes 100% healthy. Anyway, you're burying my point here, Ken. <laughs> so everybody would like Mahomes to be healthy and to play. But there is this story here where there is a guy who was out of football, seemed like his career was over, he, he's working in player personnel. He's coaching high school football. And then all of a sudden, this right set of circumstances where Chad Henney happens to get hurt, uh, Patrick Mahomes goes down with injury. And now if he plays well for a three-game stretch, and I know this is crazy, but gosh forbid if he goes out and knocks off the Green Bay Packers, 
knocks off the Minnesota Vikings and the Tennessee Titans, you're talking about a backup quarterback floor all of a sudden, and you were done. You were mm-hmm. done. Right. And so easy to root for, easy storyline to get excited for in Sunday Night Football where you're otherwise a little less pumped than you would be. He was scouting Kyler Murray. There's a picture of him scouting Kyler Murray for this year's draft, thinking his career playing is over. And now... Probably saying, I could do that. Yeah, I think I could do that. Maybe. Maybe not Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not a lot of the running. Can't move. Maybe not a lot of kind the running. Of, kind of a statue. Statue status. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's a, it is a really cool story. And if he goes out and he does something, if he pulls it... I just I, I think about this I think about it this way, Pete. Let's say you know they're they're doing the the season recap of the the 2019 Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, and there's just this little segment where they talk about Mahomes' injury and the diversity they have to overcome, and it's two storylines. It's the defense really gelling together right there. That was the moment that this defense turned it around because they knew that this this team needed them. And then the other story is Matt Moore keeping the keeping the boat afloat. Until Patrick Mahomes getting back and giving them all that momentum heading into the second half of the season. But, I mean, he, he's only in his mid-30s, too. I mean, this could relaunch his career. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's going to be a starter next year. I'm not saying that. But you could solidify yourself as a backup in the league. And that job ain't bad, Kent. No, it's it's not. It's a great gig. Chase Daniel, for the longest time, didn't have to take a snap and was making millions of dollars just to be a backup. But I think you think about Josh McCown. I think Josh McCown kind of had a similar story to Matt Moore. I think he was on the verge of, of being done with his career, and then he, he's Nick, playing right now. Nick Foles is another one who Andy Reid saved his career, and then he was a Super Bowl MVP in the Eagles win, got that contract. He actually practiced today. I, I know that there's a lot of Chiefs fans rooting uh, for him down in Jacksonville. He was originally injured on that Chris Jones play week one, and so now he, he should be back in the mix to, to get back here and eventually replace Minshew mania as the Jaguars look for one of those wild card spots, I think, this year. Uh, probably the ceiling for them. So we're talking about Matt Moore, who's a veteran in this league, getting another opportunity. Uh, someone who's continuing to build on their rookie year, McCole Hardman. He'll be playing this weekend. He had an opportunity to talk to the Kansas City media in the locker room earlier today. I hope by Coach Reed that both Patrick and Matt will be throwing today in practice, whatever. How different are the two of them and you know when you're preparing for whoever is going to be the quarterback uh man i don't know i think uh but i mean both of them great quarterbacks you know matt been only a long time obviously you know what pat can do so um i think both of them you know they can they can get the job done you know i think they're good at having the offense so as receivers you can go out there do what we got to do run our routes get open and um just hope for the best after he stepped in on thursday do you kind of have a real sense that he you know is good running this offense that he can step in and you know, make it move just like Patrick? Yeah, I think he was surprised, though. You know, I think um, in his situation, I don't think he was like he was going to play, you know, if it was just an interview, like a blowout game. But I think um, he came in. I think he did a good job. Um, he had knocked some rust off, you know. I think it's been a minute since he's been in there. But, um, you know, if we do go with him this week, I think he'll be ready. I think he'll be ready to run the offense. And all. I think we'll be McCall, are you surprised that Patrick is even possibly playing this week? I don't know. Um, they ain't told me nothing. <laughs> I mean, it's a surprise you that it's even possible after seeing what happened. No, it's not a surprise. I think I think Patrick, you know, he he a, he a hard worker, and I think he doing rehab like he's supposed to. So um, I don't know if he's gonna play or not. Um, if he do, good. If he don't, um, Matt ready to take up. Okay, McCall. Now, if you are gonna run around and catch a, a Patrick pass, you're probably going 100 miles an hour. For Matt. Are you going 100 miles an hour, For sure. or do you have to slow it down a little bit? No, I'm going 100 miles per hour. Um, it's his job to get it to me, so uh, I'm not going to change nothing. If it's Pat or Matt, but I'm still still do what I do. What about Green Bay? You probably saw their game the other day. When you look at their defense, what are you looking at? 
Um, me personally, I'm looking at the DBs, um, linebackers, um, to see see how they move, um, what different routes mess them up, um, what they having trouble with, uh, what they good at doing. Um, DBs, um, they they're a physical guy, or they're a press guy, or they're a mirror guy, you know, stuff like that. Just looking at it and um, see what what I got to bring to the table to um, to help me best for the game. What do you got to bring to the table? Just bring my A game. Every game, you know. <laughs> It seemed like the defense used uh, Pat going down as a rallying cry for the game in Denver. You guys have to do on offense if Pat doesn't play. You got to step up your game a little bit. Um, yeah, in, in a way, in a sense, I guess. But I just feel like you know, if we if we prepare the right way and we come out of practice the right way, I think everything should be good. I think we can take care of it and uh, it just be um, be just fine. Twenty-one-year-old McCole Hardman making sure he does not spoil this secret <laughs> thing that the Chiefs are doing, where they're not telling you who's going to start a quarterback. But I thought what was interesting there. Uh, a point he mentioned, and, and we had kind of alluded to it, the fact that Matt Moore was able to shake the rust off in that previous game is huge. Like If this injury would have happened in practice or something, you'd be a little bit worried, and or even more so worried, that he was going in to this start cold. Yeah, I think it's good that he got a little bit of exposure last week. He dropped back 19 times. He, uh, you know, he, he did some good things. He's got a little bit of confidence, I'm sure, to him because he made a big play late in the game and a couple other big throws during the game, so... Uh, you know, he got he got that exposure then. Ten days to prepare, ten days to get ready, ten days for Andy Reid to figure out what to do with him and how to do it. And now he's going to get a full week of practice uh, with the first team. I think there's a lot of little positive indicators there that you know this this thing might you know they they might be able to put a, a few points. We'll see if the defense can do their end uh, to do their side of the deal too. So. That is the voice of my co-host. He's also the lead film and draft analyst at ArrowheadPride.com. My name is Pete Sweeney. What are the national heads saying about your Chiefs? Plus, we hear from you. Text us at 69306 or tweet us at ArrowheadPride. The Arrowhead Pride live mailbag is coming up next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney hanging out with Kent Swanson, Kramer Sandstone, the Crame Dog behind the glass. We're wrapping up Arrowhead Pride Radio in just a few moments. We'll take your questions and comments, 69306, or tweet us at Arrowhead Pride. But first, we will go around the nation and see what some of the national heads are saying about your Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll start with Fox Sports' Colin Cowherd. The AFC's done. The Kansas City Chiefs, really, they couldn't get Jacoby Brissett off the field. They don't do anything well on defense. Last year, they at least got sacks. Now they don't get those. Once Andrew Luck retired with that offensive line and that general manager and coach, the only thing left was Kansas City. And now Mahomes is not and will not be 100% the rest of the year and has no defense and watches more of the game than he plays because of that lack of defense. The AFC is over. The AFC is not over. (laughs) I just think it's insane because, and I call it a blessing in disguise, this time off, or or so we thought, I guess, before today. (laughs) uh, What time off? Would would make Patrick Mahomes at least 100% moving forward, even on the other side. We know we've been worried about that lingering ankle issue. Patrick Mahomes is 100%, 100%, whenever he comes back, I assume would be either next week or the week after, depending on now that he's limited right now. Right. Uh, and he's 100%. It doesn't matter if you're playing with 10 schmoes down the block. Yeah. The Chiefs can win the AFC. I'll just say this. One thing I, I'm really disappointed that Kansas City has not been 
uh, able to see this year is what Patrick Mahomes was going to do if he was healthy. Because everything about the mental side of the game has taken such big steps for him. And you can see even though he's hurt. But if he got to use you know, his creativity in, in different spots too. Oh my gosh. I, I'm just telling you, the, the wave that could come when Eric Fisher, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes gets back, they could just run through the rest of their schedule. And that includes going to Foxborough. Uh, in week 12 or whatever. It could be a lot of fun, Peter. I'm just I, saying. I think you got to aim for two and two over the next four games yeah. and then just see how this goes. Mm. You never know if the AFC is going to come back to you a little bit. This from NFL Network, a true or false with whether or not the Chiefs will have a two-and-a-half game lead on the AFC West by the time Mahomes comes back. And the bonus here is that a table, it's a it's a table with LaDainian Tomlinson and David Carr. I wonder where this is So going. listen to the collective <laughs> grunt before LT, LaDainian Tomlinson, ultimately talks again. True or false, the Chiefs will, be, will have a two-and-a-half game lead over the AFC West by the time Patrick Mahomes returns. Oh, my goodness. I was supposed as, to. I mean, I hate this too, David. I mean, yeah, that's true, right? I'm a charger. But insulting to both of us. As, as bad as it sounds, I think that's, that's a pretty accurate statement because – Think about the quarterbacks that Andy Reid has made better, you know, throughout his career. So it, it's not like he need a stellar quarterback in order to keep this team afloat. And then the thing that we talk about if players, if you're on a team, the thing that you must do is win at home and then win the games that you're supposed to be winning. Yep. The Chargers are not doing that. They're not winning at home. They're not winning the games that they're supposed to win. And I'm sorry, David, but the yeah, Raiders I mean, are in the right. same boat. They're yes. just not winning the games that they're oh, supposed oh, to win. Oh. So at this point, the Chiefs look like they're in good position to have a two-and-a-half game. They still win Patrick Mahomes. That's the one benefit, I think, through all of this, right? The rest of the AFC West is not taking advantage of this little skid and this Mahomes injury. Right. I, I, that's a huge piece of this whole thing. And that, that, I think that's what gives the Chiefs, you know, a little bit of flexibility here moving forward to maybe get Patrick Mahomes up to speed, especially if, you know, the Raiders drop a game they're not supposed to. But this AFC West is not good. It's a very bad division. The Chargers just won at home. I guess you can call it a home game. But there was more Steelers fans there. They lost to the Steelers. <laughs> And yes, I forgot okay. the quarterback's name, and I'm a draft nerd. Like, let that Hobbs. let that sink in. I forgot the Steelers' quarterback's name. NBC's Mike Florio and Chris Sims on Patrick Mahomes' MVP chances. How much time can he miss without falling off of the radar screen altogether? It, it, all right, it's, it's different with this guy, and this is why we can't take him out of this conversation you know, because we know the stats and numbers he can put up in such a short period of time where he can interject himself back into this conversation. If he only misses another, let's just say another two, three games, okay? If it's something like that, I think that he will get himself back in this combo. I agree. If he, and, 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 and with him being limited today, it looks like two or three games. And, and I understand that Russell Wilson, you know, Lamar Jackson, even Tom Brady could get in the mix there even Christian McCaffrey, but don't count out Mahomes. This was the guy who was throwing five and six touchdowns a game last year. Patrick Mahomes also still leads the NFL in touchdown passes and in passing yards. So uh, he's still at the top of that list right now. Statistically, uh, don't count this kid out because he could make a very loud run for a back-to-back -back MVP title towards the home stretch. It's time now for the Arrowhead Pride live mailbag. Text us your questions, your comments, 69306 on the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line. 
the first from a doubting fan. They will pat, play Pat too early. Your thoughts? I, I'm worried. I I, I <laughs> think too. that's all. I think that's Me all legitimate. Too. This team needs to win a Super Bowl. They can hold off Patrick Mahomes for a little stretch here, and then he can help them catch up. Make sure he's 100. percent The ankle's not even ready yet, right now. But just let's just pump the brakes. Give him a little bit of time, please. I agree. It seems like it's trending in that direction, and that that scares me as well. What kind of impact has Mo Claiborne had so far, and what kind of impact do you see him having moving forward? I think Mo Claiborne's one of the better corners on this football team, probably the second best corner, uh, maybe the third. But he's definitely a guy that should be on the field more and more as the season gets old. The basement for him is is CB3. I I mean, he isn't any worse than that. I think that's fair. Do you think Veach will be active before the trade deadline? If so, what positions are the highest priority to address? I think if it comes back to the Chiefs in the next week, there's some chance for that. Right now, it doesn't seem like they're going to be that active based on everything you're hearing. If they address one position, I'm still at the position where I think you got to go cornerback. I 100% agree with that. The Chiefs have been in on any cornerback that the team uh, that they could listen to. Like Even Minka Fitzpatrick is not even a true corner. They were in on him, too. So they're, they're in on a lot of guys in the secondary. If Cam Irving stomps on Matt Moore's ankle and knocks him out, does this constitute kind of a trend? <laughs> that's a good text. That's that's phenomenal. Well done. For the long-term success of this team, who starts a quarterback this week and why? I think it's Matt Moore. I, that's my opinion. I, I I think this is a little bit of a smokescreen, some gamesmanship between the Chiefs and the Packers. Yeah, and it's not even good gamesmanship because there's no one in the on the planet that can come back from a dislocated knee this quickly. If the Chiefs refuse to run the ball and fail to stop the run, what are the odds they pull off a miracle and send the Packers home with a giant L0%? I mean, if they don't stop the run and, and, and fail to run? This game can't be because Matt Moore is pulling you through it. It's got to be because the defense makes a couple plays, you win the turnover battle, you run the football effectively, and Matt Moore does enough. Like, that's the that's the formula for winning this football game. This from Twitter, taking my first trip to KC this weekend since I moved away in 1983. What should I eat at Q39? How upset should I be about missing Patrick Mahomes? You got to come back, basically. What should you eat at Q39? Well, he could have eaten the smoked fried chicken sandwich. Oh, that was uh, me. The kicking chicken. The kicking chicken sandwich. If it's your only trip there, you got to get burnt ends. You got to get burnt ends, 100%. Get some onion straws, too. Will this defense be consistent? Do we have a chance against the Packers defense without Pat Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, the the... The defense just keeps doing what they're doing, maybe be a little bit better uh, in coverage, and they can win this football game. I mean, that's that's kind of it. That's it. I think this is a winnable football game. It just isn't a likely win. It's not like it's It's, impossible. Would I be completely shocked if Matt Moore and the Chiefs go and upset the Packers? No. I I think that's a good way of putting it. It's not like it's a 16-point line. This is like a a three-and-a-half-point line. Do I expect it to happen? No. No. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to lose to Matt Moore. Say that out loud with me. Right. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to lose to Matt Moore. That's just being realistic. Aaron Rodgers only lost once this season already as it is. Kent, you're still in the survivor pool. Who are you going with this week? Oh. uh, I don't know. Caught you off guard a little bit. You did. I should have read ahead, I guess. I I don't have a pick yet. We can go back to another question while you think about it. Um, let him heal up for a few weeks. Look at the big picture. Everyone is zero and zero once the playoffs start. It's for the race for this Lombardi. I think the I think the same thing. I, I think you rest him for as long as it takes for him to be one hundred percent. You have a pick? I just remembered I do have a pick. Oh, okay. Here we go. What is Minnesota Vikings tomorrow? Oh, you're taking Thursday night football. Thursday night football. It's the Redskins. They're a terrible franchise. I worry always about taking Thursday night football for some of these survivor picks. That was my my only blemish so far in the Survivor League 
was picking the Panthers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week two. And that's when Cam Cam Newton looked completely washed. I would like to say that my only blemish were something like Thursday night football, but I have no excuse. (laughs) I picked the Los Angeles Rams and Bruce Arians and his dumb hat beat the Rams. And then next week I said, okay, I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I picked the Chiefs. They lose. Boom, bang, I'm out. I'm usually pretty good at the survivor pool. Uh, bet on me next year, Chiefs fans. The S Awards this week, stupendous. Alex Okafor and Frank Clark, stupendous job in the game. I thought Okafor had his best effort as a Chief. Three quarterback hits, two sacks. So-so. LaShawn McCoy, I think McCoy was so-so. And the Stinks Award, Mile High Stadium for not having an <laughs> MRI machine. What an embarrassing <laughs> thing. Those are the S Awards uh, for this week. want to thank Kramer Sandstone, Craig Stout, um, as well as Kent Swanson. Uh, for being my wonderful co-host. We're working it to Sunday Night Football. The Arrowhead Pride tailgate starts at 5.20 p.m. Jay and I will be on after the game. Jay Binkley is actually coming up next uh, for Bink at night. I'm sure he'll be talking about Patrick Mahomes, everything Chiefs. Arrowheadpride.com is your go-to source for Chiefs information. I'm going to stick around with Jay for a little bit here. Uh, thanks again to the Crame Dog behind the glass, Ken Swanson, for, for both of those guys. This is Pete Sweeney. This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio.